on my podcast with Michael, I yes. talked about how he is a summit boy. He loves he loves Summit. He is never going to leave New Jersey, <laughs> Summit, New Jersey. He is born and bred and staying to stay there. You are the same thing as Michael on the flip side of the family. Born, bred, Braintree, never leaving Braintree. I heard a story. You turned down a job to work for the Red Sox and the groundskeeping crew like years and years and years ago because you didn't want to commute into Boston because you didn't want to leave Braintree. <laughs> well, not quite true. All right. So clear. first off, clearly air on that and then talk to me about Braintree, Massachusetts. So, you know, I love the Red Sox. I'm a diehard Red Sox yes. fan. It's like you and your brother and your dad are diehard Yankees fans, which it's a great thing in our family. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It's it's a lot less hostile because dad's side of the family, they're all Met fans. Well, at least a lot of them are Mets fans and Uncle Chris is a Yankees fan, but that's a little more hostile. Yeah. You and like you and you and you and Uncle Jane and Carol is just kind of like, yeah, it's fun. Right? We yeah. just have fun ribbing on each other. Exactly. Exactly. So one of my former bosses said, well, my cousin or my brother or some family member works for the grounds crew and I could probably get you a job. Well, I'm a former softball pitcher. and One of my coaches always wanted me to have more upper body strength. And I was like, with my back and my lack of upper body strength, I don't know if I could be a groundskeeper unless I was just doing the raking. So I was like, I don't know. It's hard to get into the city with my motion sickness and all that. I'd have to drive in and park and... <sighs> You know, I don't know. I just, it just wasn't right for me. I think I'd rather go to the games and not know the behind the scenes. I think it might ruin the experience for me, quite frankly. I don't know. Mm. You know what? That's fair. Thanks. That's fair. No, some, some people don't like, some people don't want to work in show business. Just like at Disney. You, like, you, can the, you can do like the, t the keys to the kingdom tour. And I'm like, do I want to, do I want to know what goes on behind the scenes? Do I want to, I know there's like, certain things there. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's a Disney fan. Like there's certain things like, I'm like, that would be kind of cool to see, but like, I don't want to go on a ride with all the lights on. I'm like, that would ruin the whole experience. Yeah. Well, it's kind of same. people like to assume that I would love a job in WWE. Like, I bet you would love to be, be on the road and do this, that, and the other. I'm like, no, actually not, not interested. I'm happy. I'm happy being a fan. Um, yeah. Actually someone a few years ago, it was probably, November or December, maybe January 2020, that someone from on LinkedIn reached out to me. I was like, hey, we have a position open at WWE. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, ooh. You know, I, I, I caught it for a second. I was, in, I was interested. I'm not going to lie. I piqued my interest. But then I get, got moved to Stanford. And I was like, no. <laughs> Abs absolutely not. I'm happy here in Jersey. Um, but, yeah, I had, I had this. I don't want to work in, like, a WWE because I don't want to – sometimes you don't want to see how a sausage is made. Sometimes you just want to feign ignorance and just take a bite into it. So yep. I get that. But Braintree, Massachusetts, what is, what is it about Braintree? You know, I grew up in Braintree. I'm a fan of Braintree. That being said, I never want to live in Braintree ever again for the rest of my life. <laughs> you are so not a fan of Braintree. <laughs> I am a fan. No, I, was, I, tell, I tell people it was a great place to grow up, but I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. Okay, fair enough. I know you had um, – Tough time at times. And, you know, I went through tough times as well. I think we were both bullied at some point in our elementary school and junior high years, probably into high school. I know I was just through freshman year and then it was all over. Um, but it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. Like when you and Michael were talking about Summit and him being a Summit boy and never leaving, I was like, that's me and Braintree. I was like, this is going to come up in mine, isn't it? Um, so I don't have an answer prepared for you. It just, I think it's a 
certain level of comfort. And when I think about where would I want to move, like maybe no wood, but then I'm like, but harder access to route three. And this is like, it's kind of like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Easton, do I want to go down to like Hanover Noel? I'm like, I, this just works, <laughs> especially well, it, for work. Has, has it changed over the years? Because I, I go back and I drive around the neighborhoods and it's like, it, most of it looks the same. You know, the house looks the same. Businesses come and go as businesses do. Mm. I guess like the demographics of branch. Take my neighborhood, for example. Right? You got my house in the hill with my parents. But from when I was a kid, all the people who lived in that neighborhood, they're all gone. They're all gone. That, that happens, yeah. But I mean, uh, but it's kind of like the, the weird cycle, right? Because the people who moved in were just like the people who left. Young families with little kids because the, the school was right there. Mm-hmm. So I guess the demographics of Braintree is kind of, is it very cyclic like that? Or is it kind of, does it change? Well, it's interesting because now I'm thinking back to my neighborhood growing up. And there were 35 houses in my neighborhood. And I'd say a dozen of them. 12 to 15 of the families are still there. Like some of the kids like who are my age or a little bit younger, or a little bit older may have moved out, but the parents are still there. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this is interesting. Um, and then here in my condo in my building alone. So there's 12 units in my condo and four buildings. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight of us who like have been here like 12 plus years. And there's like the rest of the other four units there on the second or third owner since I bought moved in 15, a little over 15 years ago. So yeah, some people stay and some people move. And it's funny because like, I'd say seven or eight of us, eight of the units have single people in them. Like we're all single. We're not married. <laughs> it's very interesting. The demographics of my building. It's kind of cool. I'm single, but I'm not alone up here. <laughs> um, so the Braintree Rotary Club installed a peace pole at Town Hall next to French's Common in the fall. And they had the eight most populous languages on it. And it says, let, I think it basically says, let there be peace on earth. And it's the English, obviously, and then the seven most populous languages at Braintree High School. So I found that interesting because I was like, I don't even know what they all are. So I thought that was really cool because it speaks to like the diversity in Braintree. Yet, most of the places I go is people like me, white people. And I'm not gonna dive too much into it, but I fully believe in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm a strong advocate for women and minorities and the LGBTQ plus community as I'm an ally. I've got family and friends who are in the community. Um, so, it's important for diversity in my life and I've always been open to it. So for me, like, I'm like, Oh, there's seven languages. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what three of them are. Never mind seven of them. So I think that's kind of cool that we have that melting pot quote unquote. And we talk about this sometimes with our team here at um, my company, like where are people going? They're moving out of the city and where are they going? They're coming to Braintree, Milton, Quincy, places along the red line that they can easily get into Boston because now they're getting priced out of Boston. So they need to go like North, South or West because East is the ocean. So no one's going East, but it's just very interesting to see where populations are moving. And when we're working with clients, like 
where do you want to move your business or where does your church want to go? Well, if we can't find a place in Boston, let's go down 28 into Milton and Randolph because 28 goes right in and out of Boston. Let's go to Milton and Quincy. They're right next to Boston. They don't go north as much as they go south, but I don't know if that's just because we mostly do South Shore and not as much North Shore or if that's just where their population is, their congregants, their their clients. So I think the North, weird thing. I think the North is also a little more expensive, right? Like Lexington and Concord are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very, very expensive. Even if Winchester. You go out, even, Winchester. Even if you go out West, right? Towards like Springfield, Western Massachusetts, all that old money. It's even, it's surprisingly very, very expensive out there as well. Um, but the South Shore, I do live in the South Shore. I'm about this touching on diversity. Uh, hmm. My high school, my high school, you know, my, my experience growing up was very diverse, right? We had, a, we had a lot of Asian kids in our classes. We had a few Muslims. We had a few black kids in our class. But we also, in high school, we had the Metco program, which I tell us to people, I tell us to people from like other, other cities, or like other, other states, and like, well, what's the Metco program? It was, it was just a program where inner city kids would take, take the bus every morning and come to school in the suburbs. So Braintree High School had a lot of kids in the Metco program and some of the smartest, nicest kids in that high school. Um, so yeah, but Braintree always has been a diverse town. Obviously, you know, largely white, as most towns are in America, but still a very diverse town. Great place to grow up. Historically great. The Thayer House was always a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we, did you did you do the fifth grade field trip to the Thayer House? Absolutely. I still want that butter man that we turned. <laughs> <laughs> I have never forgotten about that. <laughs> I'm definitely a foodie. I, I love the butter that we made naturally. And like, I'm like, can I go back and make more butter? Like, I wanted to go on anyone's school field trip as a chaperone so I could make the butter. Make the butter. Use like this, this the, the the spinning the cloth thing, the spinning whatever. Like the loom or the sewing. The loom. Machine. That's it. It was the loom. The loom. Thank you. I can always count yeah. on you. Um, <laughs> and the historical context. You know, you, you mentioned two presidents, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. Uh, their house is technically land in Quincy nowadays, but all of Quincy used to be Braintree. So fun fact. Yes. If anyone out yes. there who doesn't know what Quincy is, it used to be all of Braintree. Because Braintree is probably one of the oldest, oldest towns in the country. Well, Virginia is older, but Braintree was like, what, 1680? 1640. 1640? 1640. 1640. I believe God. in, oh my God, I'm going to be in so much trouble if I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, the well, we, landed in 1620. <laughs> someone, someone give it a quick Google and let, let us know what your, your branch was founded. 